Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and You, hosted by Toby Jenkins, a marriage and family therapist associate serving Central Kentucky. Each week, Toby will bring you a show with a topic related to mental health, relationships, or self-improvement. The name of the show, Paradigms, comes from that moment in the therapy process when a profound shift in perspective happens for a client, an epiphany sometimes accompanied by physical reaction that leads them to look at things differently and make significant steps towards improving and enriching their lives. You are listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You, I'm your host, Toby Jenkins, and today I have a special guest, Joel Cotty. Now, in full disclosure, uh, Joel Cotty was the principal of the elementary school that my children went to, Meadowthorpe, and I, I just have like a quick story to tell you. Um, when I lived in Nashville, I got to know the conductor of the Nashville Symphony, and he was very energetic, uh, wonderful person. But when he took the stage of the Nashville Symphony, he transformed into something godly. And the only way I can really describe it is when someone is doing what God has designed them to do, you can tell. And that was my impression after five minutes of talking to Joel Cotty. I could tell immediately this man loves children and loves education, and it oozes out of him, out of every pore. And, um, you know, in prepping for this interview, I was talking to my daughter and uh, without question, she says, oh, Mr. Cotty was the best principal I've ever had. And so um, I, I have very, very fond memories of my, my daughter and my son's elementary school uh, years. And so uh, Mr. Cotty has done a number of things. He's been a principal for nine years. He's been, he's been an administrator for three years. And he is currently the uh, English teacher at the Success Academy in Lexington, Kentucky. But he's taken on a side project over the last five years to try, or not, I won't say try, he's doing it, to radically change the culture within schools um, with Ignite, hashtag love in schools. So, Joel, welcome to the show, and uh, I'm so glad you've uh, taken time out to join us. Toby, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for such a wonderful introduction. It really means a lot to me, and, um, you know, to hear Zoe say that, that's, that's, that's quite an honor. I really, really appreciate that. Awesome. So, you know, when I, when I met you, I, I remember saying to my wife, I've never met an educator who is so energetic and enthused about not just catering to certain kids in your school, but everyone and seeing that special quality in everyone. Um, how did you uh, find your path into education? I read the book Tuesdays with Maury. I think I was about 19 <laughs> years old and I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to do this. And there's a quote, you know, it's from Henry Adams. We've seen that teacher quote show up every teacher appreciation day and on memes. And Henry Adams said, a, a teacher affects eternity. He never knows where his influence stops. 
Wow. And I said, I want in, I want that, you know, I want to give everything I have and, and make the biggest possible positive impact on, on kids and teachers, you know, while I'm here um, and have fun doing it. And that's what brings me here. Wow. Yeah, I was, I was uh, listening to an interview and I actually, it was Kevin Hart. <laughs> he was doing an interview on Fresh Air and NPR and he, like so many like so many other people, pointed to one teacher in their life that that changed everything for him. And you capture that that essence, that energy that um, that teachers have. They you know they spend a ton of time with our kids. They mold our kids. And like you're saying, you never know when that one interaction may just change the course of someone's life. Um, and I imagine when you're sitting at your retirement, there are going to be a ton of kids and children you've influenced. Um, well, I'm so glad you referenced that moment because that is a big part of what Ignite Hashtag Love in Schools does is it increases the chances of those moments happening. I call them the seven seconds moments. And I often reference Ed Bradley, the late great broadcaster, and, and he was incredibly smart and talented. And he said, people my whole life as a kid, they're like, you can be anything, you can do anything, you, you got it. He said, but it was just one teacher. He said, sister, I don't even know her name. You know, he went to a, a Catholic school and he said, I believed her. So what it is, is it's both ways, this relationship, and it's, it's saying it, um, in a way that they believe it and know it and, and they go run with it. Wow. And so um, you, so you, you really, with, the, with, with Ignite, you, I guess I'll put it this way. We, we all know, especially from recent news, that teachers are under a lot of pressure, uh, underpaid, um, a lot of uh, standardized testing pressures, and over and over again, you see uh, examples of teachers using their own money to buy stuff for their classrooms. And so it sounds like a real pressure cooker. Um, and, you know, from a parent standpoint, I can see some of the pressure uh, cooker aspect. So with um, you're trying to change that. And so how I mean, where did this idea come from? And then uh, how did Ignite get started here? So I knew firsthand everything you're talking about with educators. I mean, they are working tirelessly, giving everything they have, and they leave at the end of the day, and they feel like they didn't give enough. And what hit me, like a ton of bricks, I was, it was a New Year's, um, New Year's Day uh, evening, New Year's Eve dinner, and uh, I was at another principal's house, and she invited one of her teachers who had been a paraeducator for many, many years, but then went back to school to become a teacher because she could just feel inside her that's what she was destined to do. So she, on top of being a paraeducator, she got her master's degree, got her teaching degree, did her student teaching, and she was a first-year teacher sitting at that table. And after her first semester, she, she started crying. She couldn't, she's like, this is not what I thought I signed up for. This is not my dream. This is not what I want to do. I don't, I can't be creative. I can't love my kids like I want to. Um, this is nothing like I thought it would be. 
and she was ready to be done. And we know in our profession, we lose a, a great number of teachers within those first five years. And I also know that we have teachers, you know, in their 20th and 27th years who were once some of the most passionate teachers who are burned out, they are hurt. Uh, so our, our teachers have incredible secondary stress. We, we were seeing, you know, post, you know, PTS we're seeing with teachers. Um, and so my wife and I sat down together and we said, we are going to create a professional learning experience first and foremost for teachers. And we're going we're gonna to focus a part of it on work-life balance, you know, striking that harmony, and then um, give them specific strategies and tools to bring great energy to the school, the classroom, the cafeterias, the hallways. And then we put in a part about dream chasing because we realize many teachers have neglected their own dreams and the, the passions that are deep inside of them and the, the things that are stirring them to do and be. They're so good about giving to others, giving to students and colleagues and families, yet they're often so bad at giving to themselves. So I knew this had to be a professional learning where it's about building deep relationships. We always talk about relationships in schools, but we don't necessarily equip teachers with, with ways to do that. And I start by saying, teachers, the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. So at the end of this session, you're going to be equipped but the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself and you're going to you're going to work you're going to work on that so that, that dream chasing um so i do not only therapy but i do some coaching as well and i'm often surprised well i can't say surprised but um in just the flow of things are getting into a career where um we people get off kilter from that connection to purpose and higher calling. So you, you brought up a, a, the term dream chasing. What are some examples of dream chasing that you help teachers and educators reconnect to? So oftentimes teachers will say, oh, you know, I want to be a writer. So maybe when summer hits or maybe when I'm finished with my grad classes or maybe when I retire. Well, part of Ignite Hashtag Love in Schools is saying, the moment is now, mm. we go from here. And, and suddenly they're like, you mean I can? And it's like, you are not just a teacher. You can be a teacher and a writer. You can be a teacher and a dancer. You can be a teacher and an artist. You can be a teacher and a really good mom, a good wife. Somehow we sometimes think if I'm going to be great at being a teacher, I'm going to sacrifice on all these areas, including myself. And the real secret is you become a greater teacher when you become what you're destined to be. And you do those things that put your soul on fire and it's contagious. And what I find and what's more exciting than anything is the dream enabling. Yes. You know, you remember, because I actually asked my teachers at Metathorpe, I said, kid by kid, let's keep an Excel sheet, their name, their dream. And guess what? Your name, your dream. Okay, so we had runners and we had, you know, we had anything. 
And suddenly, you know, that's, they say the most important thing, at least I believe this, you know, how in uh, real estate we say location, location, location. Well, yeah. in schools, I like to say modeling, modeling, modeling. Wow. That's Those funny. little eyes and ears are watching so intently and listening so closely. So if you're up in front of your kids every day and you're living what you're talking about and you're talking about your dreams and what you're doing, and guess who's the best people, the best at keeping you accountable? Your kids. Every day they're going to say, did you get that painting done? Did you get that blog posted? Yeah, I know you're, gonna, you're working on your book. How close are you? You can't ask for better accountability, but you have to create a culture that's safe to dream, safe to try and fail. And I think we struggle with that in schools. A lot of times schools are expected to be perfect. Teachers are used to getting good grades and, you know, getting everything right and stars and they put a lot of pressure on themselves. But part of what we're modeling is failing, getting up, learning from it, trying again, failing, getting up. And um, like I said, there's just, there becomes this energy force that just says, yeah, that's, that's who we are. That's what we're about. But Toby, I got to tell this one story. It was a, at a, a school, um, PD, it was a, a full day PD. And, um, and this is not uncommon to just this school, but I, I can't stop thinking about this one teacher. She couldn't dream, not even close. And she raised her hand and said, you know, what, what do I do? You know, I, I've lived my whole life being this teacher. I've lived, you know, I've, I've been a great wife and a great mom. And, um, but I know what you're saying is right, but I, there's just not even a part of me that, that understands that and can do that right now. And she's not alone. She's the one that articulated it that way. Um, people will come up to me after the sessions or, um, a lot of times their faces and body language tell me the same thing or their comments after where I ask for feedback. And that just tells me this is more and more urgent than I realize because oh, yeah. we get one go at this world. And, um, you know, another part of Ignite hashtag love in schools that we talk about is, is legacy. You know, what, what is it that we want to leave behind? And it isn't necessarily the bucket list. And so if you get in my sessions, you'll understand where I go with this. Um, but you know what? Tomorrow, there's no guarantee. And we all, and I don't want to be doom and gloom, but there are too many examples uh, of young people, you know, having strokes or, you know, finding cancer or, um, getting into car accidents that changed their lives. But somehow our culture, you know, we have this sense of, well, as soon as summer, as soon as retirement, you know, it's just not okay. We got to give people permission to, you know, go for it now. You're so right. Um, we're up against a break and when we come back, you know, I have a, uh, <laughs> just this week I was talking to uh, a neighbor about something very similar um, you're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships in You, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. This segment of Paradigm's Insights into Relationships in You is sponsored by Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy, walking beside you during life's challenges, providing therapy for couples, families, and individuals. Find us on the web at www.jenkinscft.com. And we're back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. 
Uh, I'm your host, Toby Jenkins, and today my guest is Joel Cotty. He is the uh, founder of Ignite, hashtag love in schools. And before the break, uh, we were talking about um, uh, Ignite's uh, approach to helping schools change their culture and what Joel does on an individual basis with teachers. And so, you know, you you mentioned something really interesting, the concept that really I lit up when you said it was dream chasing. And I can't tell you from a therapy standpoint that uh, once we stop having a dream or a higher purpose, that really becomes the recipe for depression and anxiety. And, you know, I, I hate to say that a good bit of my clientele fits into that category, but um, that's something I help, especially in their natural points where that happens and teachers fall on this, of course, but like being an empty nester. Um, I hate to say this, but there are actually points uh, in the typical life course of a lot of families, uh, divorce happens later in life. And often women who are the majority of our teachers end up in this position where they're having to redefine themselves after being married and launch kids. And the thing I hear over and over again is um, I have no purpose. And so I do know that um, when you have a purpose, uh, you can't wait to get up out of bed in the morning and go tackle that purpose. So, um, you know, I think you're really tapping into something. And, well, I don't have to tell you that because you, you're seeing it. But um, you mentioned that you use the acronym PD. And is that professional development? Yeah, and actually that has, you know, how schools love acronyms. That's even old now. The real, what we say now is professional learning. Um, But a lot of times you'll hear those expressions interchange, you know, professional development, professional learning. Okay. So in the typical development of of an educator, how many, like once you start teaching, how many of these professional learning occasions do you have in a typical school year? Well, every district does it differently, but typically there are a couple days at the beginning of the year for professional development. um, And then teachers can sometimes get professional development or professional learning on their own time and flex those days out later. Um, But there are opportunities to go to conferences. And I've been at, um, just recently, I was at the Lakota Nations Education Conference in South Dakota um, next uh, February, I'll be at the Kentucky School Counselors Association Conference here in Lexington. How did, um, they so, find, how did the uh, Lakota find you? And what was that experience like for you? It's a good question. Um, part of what you'll hear me doing with Ignite Hashtag Love in Schools is really tapping into the human spirit. You know, we talk about how relationships are so important in schools, but we don't necessarily teach teachers and equip teachers with strategies and tools to do that. And I do that. And, but we also talk about the the human element, that spiritual part that's, you know, we, you know, I, I don't mean to be negative, but our profession, we've kind of swung all the way to the, the test is important. What's the kid's test score? What's the school's overall accountability score? And, and we've lost some of that human element. And the human spirit, sort of what you're talking about with the dream chasing, is huge. 
And so I don't know if it was that work that um, the Native American people kind of thought there might be something there because the, the spirit is, is a huge part of who they are and they are hurting. And there's been, you know, you know this transformation of, of, of pain and hurt and, and um, they too know that we have to rebuild relationships and um, that relationship we have with ourselves is important. And, um, you know, so they, they told me, they said, we did our research on you. You were the last one we brought in. We weren't sure if we were going to bring you in. And we did our research on you. And we believe that you would have something that was right for us. And it, within my first speaking experience there that weekend, because it was a Friday, Saturday, they booked me back to be a keynote speaker next year. Awesome. And um, I, I give them a lot of credit for taking a chance. You know, um, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me there. And so I think that that was a, a high compliment. And, and it's something that, that, I, that I feel and appreciate very deeply because it speaks volumes to what, what I'm trying to do. And that is, you know, at, at the foundation of every school, and this works in businesses, it works in churches, and it works in families. If you build a foundation on unconditional love and unconditional respect, and you accept people right where they are, powerful, awesome things happen. And, um, but it's easier said than done. There's a lot of emotion in what we do. There's a lot of hurt and scar tissue along the way, um, but we, we can do it. And, and, and you know what, I, I've been doing this five years now with Ignite Hashtag Love in Schools. Every school I've ever worked for has had me back and in fact, I have one school, I've got um, three days coming up for them. And that will be this, a total of seven days. And this was a school that used to have high turnover. Mm -hmm. And last year, they didn't lose one teacher. Oh, you mean turnovers and teachers? Yes, they had high turn. They had, a, they had, had some tough, tough things. And uh, not one teacher left. And so um, they were my first school that I worked with. Um, Nicholasville Elementary School here in Jessamine County. I could mm -hmm. not be more grateful to them for, you know, taking a chance on me at the beginning and just for that trust and partnership. And we are having so much fun building this. Um, and I, I cannot, I cannot say enough good things about what they're doing. In fact, I want, I'm going to brag on them. I was at a conference. But I don't know if I should say this. There's, there, there's no measure for the human spirit, Toby. I'm sure no. you know that. Yes. But when a bus driver came up to me at a conference and he said, you know, do you know that bus drivers, we, we talk about kids in schools. We say, oh, this is the toughest school. This is the toughest. This is the toughest. This is the toughest. And he said, that school, boy, that was tough. But there's some things changing there. There's some good things. Wow. And I'm not, by no means am I going to take all the credit, but I want to believe that, I, that some things are happening. Their staff there, um, their principal, Sarah Crum, and, and their leadership team with Heather Holland, they, 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 they have to first live it and learn it and bring it, and they are doing it. Um, but... I guess that's just an example of one school's story, but um, it's working. Yeah. And so when you go into a school, um, I'm assuming you have to get buy-in from not only the leadership, but everybody. Is that kind of the deal? 
Oh, sure. And I, I know this because I am a teacher. And um, I know sitting in professional developments that sometimes we're, we're a pretty tough crowd because they're gonna be like, who is this guy? Or who is this woman? What have they done? What do they know? Have they? And honestly, I, I feel like I've been blessed because I've had a lot of firsthand experiences that I can speak to. You know, I was a high school language arts teacher um, at, at a, an affluent suburban school. And now I'm a high school language arts teacher with our most at Promise students here in Lexington, Kentucky, the Success Academy. Um, you know, we target to students who are 17 and 18 and have zero to five credits. And I was an elementary school principal um, at Metathorpe Elementary. Now, where wait, we wait have, a second. Now you said 17 to 18 year old students with five credits. Now, how many credits do you need to graduate? You got to have at least 22 and you got to make sure they're the right ones. So some, and some, we had some students come um, with no credits. And so one student told me he hadn't been in school for two years. And um, so we am really proud of the work we're doing there. We're trying to get them in, get them excited about their futures, feel, you know, cared for, believed in, supported, uh, get them on a pathway to success with not only school, but also, a, you know, career yeah college you know i mean some of our some of our kids they definitely um you know there's so much potential but but you know it's not being met but um our work is never done that's for sure no and uh gosh they're blessed to have you someone that can see the potential in them uh that's that's amazing absolutely amazing uh, you know, you brought up, um, you know, you going to the um, Lakota Nation. Um, it made me think about a conversation I've had with my dad multiple times. But my dad grew up in segregated South Carolina, and in their community, their teachers and professionals were right there in the community. And why this came up was because, um, you know, my dad's 72, and every year uh, I go and we play golf together. And with and he's part of a golf club in his high school. I think he was his high school math teacher and football coach is part of this group. And this guy is ninety. And uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, and they still have this just great relationship. And so my dad often talks about how influential. Not only his name is Mr. Middleton, having Mr. Middleton as his football coach and math teacher. And then seeing him in the community and seeing him as he was also a father himself and just the huge example that set for him because my dad didn't have my dad's, well, my grandfather passed away when my dad was six. And so we didn't have a dad around, but this Mr. Middleton filled in for that to some degree. And um, so, I mean, and that's the one teacher that I think changed my the course of my dad's life. I think it speaks to the part of modeling, modeling, modeling. We're not just modeling learning and a love for schools. And, you know, we're modeling, you know, careers and dreams. We're modeling life. I mean, we have to be honest. I know teachers, you know, we have high expectations for ourselves. And, and I know social media, we try to project great things are happening all the time. But that's not real. 
And so if we can build a school culture where people can be real and model, okay, yeah, life is hard. Things happen. I got to pick myself up too. I'm moving forward. My childhood wasn't as great. You may look at me and think, oh gosh, you had it made and that's why you've got a you know, career. But we need to model life. I think one of the, one of the greatest things, one of, one of the things I love to talk most about at the Success Academy is being a stepdad. My stepson, Wesley, um, is a corpsman in the Navy. He's in San Diego right now. And for Christmas, he bought me this framed picture. And it says stepdad. And it has my name. And it has characteristics and a definition of who I am and what it means to be a stepdad. And you'd be amazed at how many kids have looked at that and want to talk about that. Oh, and you know what? Because we do have a lot of families that are put together in different ways and different people filling different roles and teaching different lessons. And um, I like to be able to say, yeah, it's not always easy. It's a little messy, but isn't it great? I've got somebody that loves me and I love him and, and I, I could not be luckier to have Wesley in my life. So and we um, started on the soapbox of... Uh... <laughs> of of family and broken homes all those words are so uh um what's the word i'm looking for they're um they're demeaning in a way but that's another story for another day so we're up against a commercial break um and my you listen to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. My guest today is Joel Cotty. He's the founder of Ignite, hashtag Loving Schools. And we'll have one minute insight. And after that, we'll be right back. This is Toby Jenkins, host of Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. And this is One Minute Insight. This is part three on anger. Anger in therapy terms is what's called a secondary emotion, meaning you feel some other vulnerable emotion before you move to anger. Now, why that is is a topic for another day. However, one of the strategies I try to employ with couples is to identify that vulnerable emotion that's felt initially and be able to communicate that. But to be able to communicate that, there needs to be safety in the relationship. And so creating a sense of safety goes back to one of my previous woman insights, empathy. Empathy in this situation is extremely powerful and it creates a safe environment so that the vulnerable emotion can be felt and the couple can then work together on resolving the, the hurt, shame, or um, embarrassment that was felt initially before anger was jumped. back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships in You. Uh, today, my guest is Joel Cotty. He's the founder of Ignite, hashtag Love in Schools. And before the break, uh, Joel, you kind of hit one of my hot buttons because um, from a therapy standpoint, uh, we talk about family in terms of the, the, um, the ultimate measure is what's entitled the uh, intact family, mom, dad, uh, two kids and a dog. And so the term that really, uh, gosh, I hate to get on the soapbox about this is broken family because we talk about it in terms 
like a less than kind of a thing. But in actuality, a lot of our families look very different, differently than this uh, standard, and they can be just as fulfilling and just as encouraging and so much love in them. And so when I hear that term, especially from clients, um, I, I try to, to change their language about it and how they talk about it. Um, so, but, you know, from an education standpoint, um, family engagement, no matter what that looks like, can be super, super important. So how do you go about engaging families in this whole process? Well, first, this is a good point to to back it up and say, I'm a co-founder of Ignite Hashtag Love in Schools because I could not have done this without my amazing wife, Dawn. And uh, she kind of, she knew this is burning inside of me. And I've talked about it for, for 10 plus years. I've talked about this. And she finally said, get to the business of doing it. And she kicked me out the door and said, go do it. <laughs> and she's been there. She's been side by side. You know, she's been pushing me from behind. Um, she's very creative and innovative herself. But this is a good point to talk about her leading up to the family engagement with schools because she, um, she was born in Champaign, Illinois. She moved, she was lived in Kentucky, Somerset, Kentucky. She moved from Somerset, Kentucky to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where they put her in speech therapy to get rid of her accent. She moved quite a bit in her elementary school years, so she was from school to school, and she was behind, and she did not have great school experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, she became a young mom at 19, and so she knew what it was like to walk into a school and be 24, you know, with a five-year-old, and, you know, could feel, you know, people looking at her, and she could hear the tone and the, the way they talked to her, and and so she had that experience. And then, as you know, with your family, I really do like to say she was sort of the first lady of Metathorpe. She was there volunteering, you know, behind the scenes building and greeting people. And um, we took that very seriously. And uh, so she got to experience it differently, where suddenly they looked at her as the principal's wife and suddenly she should, you know, have answers or know things. And you know what? We tried to model that, you know, we're a family too, and, and we have struggles, and we're not perfect. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'll fast forward to your question now. So actually, you know, her insight is, is very important to me um, because she, her school experiences were very different than mine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel guilty sometimes because you talk about that one teacher. Yeah. I've had dozens. And I I know their names and their stories and I love them and I keep in touch with them to this day. Like I feel guilty how many great teachers I've had in my life, but I don't want to be arrogant here. Yeah. (laughs) This is the part of Ignite Love in Schools. Every relationship is two-sided. There were things that I did as a kid that I knew increased my chances of connecting with them. I didn't know it at the time, but I know it now. Yeah. So there are things I can help students with to increase their chances of having better, deeper relationships with their teachers. You know, you can't control people. You no. can control what you bring. So I do go do school assemblies and, and student voice panels, anything to help students realize 
you have more power than you realize. You have, you have the opportunity to create more change than you realize. And so every relationship is two-sided. So together, when I come at it, working with the staff development, working as you know, a whole school staff, and then I work with student assemblies, um, it's very powerful. And then the third part is the family engagement piece. And I promise you, what I do with family engagement is unlike anything ever any school has ever done before. It's not necessarily get them in the door, show them this, say this, teach them this, have them walk out with this. We are going very deep with Ignite hashtag love in schools. Okay, we are igniting things deep in the parents' souls and spirits too. And we are empowering kids to take some of that home and fuel that and take ownership and what they can do at home too to increase you know a, a more stable healthier happier engaged family themselves so it's very different than any other family engagement um, i've had some success with sharing it at, at conferences and and i'm and i'm bringing it to schools in the form of family events and like i said student assemblies um, i hope to have a book out soon in the next few months um, and maybe have a, a guide to go with it. Because a lot of this is deep reflection, um, but eventually you gotta get action and you gotta yeah. get going. And um, I'm just, I know we all know it, but I'm just not okay with us, you know, being in our phones as much as we are and not looking people in the eyes as much as we should be. You know, I do believe the eyes are the window to the soul. And so I know it sounds very simple, and we know it's so important, but we're missing many of these moments and opportunities. So, um, yeah, I, I think you, you just got me on a soapbox. I could not be more passionate about family engagement. And I'd be willing to put myself up against any other school principal that in my nine years of serving as an elementary school principal, I always made family engagement a priority. I didn't make it something that I checked it off and said we did it and counted. It was you know, guardian by guardian, parent by parent. And, um, you know, in fact, you were there, I think the year I said, look, we're gonna have a big goal. Every parent is going to be engaged. We're tracking it on an Excel sheet. I sent the big letter home. I said, 100% of you are gonna participate with us this year. They're like, what does he mean? What is, what am I, what did I, I didn't sign up for anything, but they knew I was serious and that we were gonna keep an Excel sheet and I would show up at their door if they didn't. So they came. And we had it, and then some. I, I think in that concept is so huge. Um, I, I have to admit, I mean, uh, I had no intention of serving on the crosswalk in the morning as <laughs> children came into school. But, you know, once I did it, um, I can't believe the benefits I got from it and just getting to know other students, being part of the school day. And I think that's, that touches into something that's so much bigger um, and really important because a lot of, like you were saying earlier, uh, schools are under a lot of pressure. And I think leaving the family out is a big, big mistake. And just, I don't think anybody else thinks about it that way. I mean, even the, even the stuff you did with uh, Leader and Me, 
uh, I think I might have mentioned this in my previous career. Um, those were concepts that we used in, in a manufacturing environment to get everyone engaged. And then to see that in a school, it's it's powerful. Um, so yeah, you're also dealing with parents who may or may not have had a positive experience being students themselves. So then engaging them is super welcoming and just enhances the overall experience. <laughs> you know, I've experienced as my kids grow older, you almost get the feeling that parents are not welcome <laughs> in the school at all. And I kind of, I kind of miss that. Um, so are you focusing primarily on elementary schools or is this um, uh, Ignite apply to all levels of education? It's for everyone, and I've been in middle schools, and actually I've been very busy in Jefferson County, which is Louisville for for our worldwide listeners, and um, a lot of times you'd be surprised, it's men who stay after and talk to me. I had one uh, PE teacher, he attended my three-hour, it was a three-hour session that day, and he could choose another session in the afternoon at this conference. He came back and chose the same session and did it again. Really? And wow. um, I'm working good. getting into some high schools. Um, you, it, it applies to all ages. And what you spoke to, what you gave, it came back. And a lot of what we're doing is there's an energy, there's a give and take. We may not understand it, but the, there is an energy to this. And you were definitely one of the, the founding fathers of the mighty men of Metathor, but there were hundreds of us, right? Yeah. And then we did the the... You know, I'm not even going to get into it, how good that was. But it's like, it's not just all about the kids. We made sure the kids poured back into you. So at that uh, March Madness, we had that knockout basketball tournament. I asked the students, I said, turn to your classmates, you know, because the dads were sitting in the bleachers, the kids were sitting in the bleachers. And I said, brag on the man that came to school with you today. And I swear I saw every man sit up a little taller, smile a little bit bigger, you know, maybe even flex your muscles a little bit. Like it goes both ways. I think sometimes, because we're all about the kids all the time, but if we're not nurturing and taking care of the adults around them, then we're not really all about the kids all the time because we're running on empty and we're saying and doing some things because we're human that are hurtful and aren't at our best and the kids are not getting the best of us. That's definitely true. We're up against another commercial break. You're listening to Paradigm, Insights into Relationships in You, and we'll be right back after this break. This segment of Paradigm's Insights into Relationships in You is sponsored by the Parker Relationship Center, working to better relationships for individuals, couples, and families. Find us on the web at www.relationshipcenterky.com. And we're back. You're listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and You. I'm your host, Toby Jenkins, and today my guest is Joel Cotty. He's the founder of co-founder of Ignite, hashtag Love in Schools. Joel, we we're talking about family engagement before, and you know, I've experienced that being a parent in the school you're a principal of. But you know, I was uh, on your website and looking at some of the testimonials from teachers and administrators who have gone through Ignite. Let's see. And um, these are quite amazing. All right. Amazing job. Best PD, which is professional development I've ever attended. From laughter to tears, I'm leaving 
ready to become a better me and now equipped and inspired to do so. That's pretty amazing. You were moving. <laughs> You've given me much to think about and to work on for my next school year. I will be beginning my 26th year teaching and I need to be reminded of so many of these powerful strategies. Now that to me is powerful. Someone who's been teaching that long and you've been able to uh, reinvigorate uh, how they think about teaching. Uh, this PD came at the right time in my life. I'm retiring this year and I want to find myself through my mind, body, spirit, and emotional perspectives. I want to find a new life. Now that hit me. Wow. This is inspirational and compelling. So uh, <laughs> these are amazing, Joel. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. I, I don't even know what to say. Like I, I really am not bragging. I have stacks of them. And, and the common comment is, this was not enough time. And that came after a six hour PD. And I know I'm a teacher. We're tough. We don't, learning is hard, cramming it in when everything else is there. They're saying we need more of this. It just speaks to the reason why my wife and I created it. There's a deep, deep need in teachers. They're not able to, you know, strike that work life harmony and they're not living their greatest purpose. And um, life is hard. Things happen. And so we, it's foreign to me because I, I do not have a lot of teachers in my family really? and they, they don't understand, they are part of business and sales and they don't understand why we don't pour more into teachers. Now, every superintendent out there knows that 80, 85, 90% of their budgets is going to teachers and educators salaries and benefits. But yet we're not stopping and giving them an hour or three or six hours and helping them navigate through their work days and their lives. And yeah. so I, I know I'm not cheap. You know, you can go on my website, joelcotty.com. You can call me on my cell phone, 859, I don't know if this is okay, 967-8510. Find me on Twitter and Facebook and I'll come into your school it, 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 it's peanuts compared to what we're paying for school safety and, and, you know, mental health issues. And, you know, we're talking about gun violence and threats and bullying in schools. This hits at a basic need for a sense of belonging. Yeah. Attention is a substitute for love. If our kids are not getting enough love, they're going to, they're going to get your attention one way or another. And it's not always the right ways. And so it's amazing the amount of, uh, of time and resources we spend on dealing with difficult situations and challenging kids in schools, but we're not going to pour into our staff where they can get, they can front load some of this work or their reactions and responses, responses will be more spot on and, and those issues will go away before they even happen. So yeah, I'm passionate. Um, I would love to come to more of your schools. Um, but it, it, I'm just speaking beyond me. I'm speaking to HR directors, superintendents, school board members, teachers. Go, go talk to your principals. You need and deserve more pouring into you because what you're doing every day is very difficult. It's not getting any easier. The formula is every year you do just a little bit more because we have, 
you know, greater needs in, in our, our families and our communities. And we do it with less because resources are going down. So we got we to gotta make up that ground somewhere. And I, and I do believe it's with the human spirit. And, and honestly, that, that's where that give and take with energy and more focus and intentionality. And, and like I said earlier in the show, those seven second moments where kids, you know, they just know, you know, they've got something that they can, they can run with. And then we know they're going to be okay. But until they know it, you know, they're, they're just kind of going through this whirlwind and this craziness. And, and you know, you, I know with the work you're doing, some of them are, are numb. You know, they're numb in their social media. They're numb in the drugs they're choosing. They're numb in the, you know, the, the choices and being sexually active. And we have to meet their basic needs of love and attention. You, you know, you bring up a very compelling point that um, the majority of teachers don't go into teaching because of the money. They go into it for the love of teaching. And so there are a lot of parallels between teaching and the con doing therapy. Like I think you stated earlier, what's the average, uh, you gave a number, the average teacher gets burned out or leaves the field. I need to research that number. I think it's it's close. I don't want to say 50%, but I think it closes in on 50%. Um, it's a very high number that we lose uh, teachers the first five years. Yeah, okay. It's very, very sim similar uh, statistic for um, social work therapy. And, you know, we call it compassion fatigue or burnout, where you get disillusioned with the work you're doing because uh, these things are missing that you're talking about with Ignite. Connecting to the higher purpose and staying energized by that higher purpose. Um, and that's the thing that, that gets mental health specialists out of the field. Uh, and about the same time, I think it might be four years for therapists once you get into the work. So, yeah, I mean, these testimonials are, are awesome. <laughs> They're absolutely awesome. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you're, you're, you're tapping into something that's really, really needed. Almost need this for therapists. <laughs> well, honestly, Toby, I, I, I have 18 years of school experiences. And so I do this through the lens of schools, but it applies to any human dynamics in businesses and churches. Like what I'm doing with relationships, taking care of themselves and staying true to their passions and purpose, this works anywhere. I'm definitely open to taking it anywhere. And so, you know, you asked about the PD, the professional learning experiences that I do. So I definitely, I, I'm doing a one hour um, staff uh, development in, in Louisville a week from now. Um, I also do the three hours, the six hours, and there's more than one day. Um, but it's really for each school. I do a pre-call with the principals and a post-call and, and I meet the school right where they are. Every school has a story. Every school has energy. Every school has pain. And so it's not like a one size fits all. I do have, you know, the, the facilitation process and the strategies. And like I said, we build that dream chasing culture, but it, it goes at a pace and it looks differently in every school. So, you know, if there are school administrators or teachers out there that are interested in this, I, I'd love to, to talk to you about what that could look like in your schools. But also, honestly, if you're a business leader um, and you want to pour into your um, staff 
I can do it. Uh, you know, if you read more of those comments, and I can share even more on our website, people often say this is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. It feels like both a personal retreat and a staff retreat. It, it was just very much needed. And, and like I said, the highest honor in those, you'll read them in those comments, are when teachers are saying, this was not enough time, we need more time. And it was a six hour PD. Like I know, cause I'm a teacher like that. <laughs> give me an Oscar and this is still better. Like this is better. And, and oh, yeah. you have to keep me humble, but I, I just, I'm, I'm really passionate about reaching as many teachers as I can. Because you remember at the beginning of this segment, you asked about why did I become a teacher? It's from that book, Tuesdays with Maury, and that quote from Henry Adams, you know, a teacher never knows where his influence stops. That drives me to this very moment right here with you. Yeah, man, this is, I, I, know, I know my listeners can feel your energy. You made me think about times in my life where there was a bigger purpose, it doesn't feel like you're working at all. And, you know, I'm probably going to jumble some thoughts together. I have the opportunity to spend a lot of time with college students in bar finishing up their education and going, embarking in, into their life, first steps of their adult lives and having careers. And I've been so amazed at how many of them have no calling or have the expectation that they will go into a career profession that is their calling. And that's, not true for most of us. And so this kind of work really, I mean, if you're fortunate enough to do the kind of work that, that, is your, that you're passionate about, that's great. Like you're doing work that you're passionate about, passionate about, but a lot of people don't. And so they unplug from that thing that they're passionate about. You said uh, dream chasing. They stop chasing their dream. If you're in a position where the work you're doing to pay the bills is not what you're passionate about. Chase your dreams and use the work uh, that's paying your bills to help chase those dreams. And what you often find is that you end up doing both better. You won't place so much of your identity on the, the job you're doing to pay your bills. And so um, it's really good life perspective. And I think that's the thing that you're really touching in, touching into. It's, um, <laughs> it's it's amazing man wow i mean this is a this is a quick show gosh um it feels like we do a part two to this well let's do it <laughs> i think i'm up for that uh you're listening to paradigm insights into relationships in you my guest today is joel Cotty. he's the co co-founder of ignite hashtag love in schools and uh, joel how can um how can people find you on uh, social media or if they want to uh, inquire more about what you can do in their schools? You can find my website is just my first and last name, joelcotty.com, J-O-E-L-K-A-T-T-E.com. Also on Twitter, it's at Ignite Love PD. Facebook, it's um, at Ignite Love and Schools. And uh, my daughters are helping me get on uh, Instagram. And I have to admit, it's not my, I, I got to get better. I know my, some of my teachers are asking for a YouTube channel and I, and I am working on my books and I promise those will be out this year. Um, but don't hesitate to call me. Just call my cell phone, 859-967-8510. Um, I can, you know, 
if you're a school administrator, I can tell you what it will look like. If you're a teacher and you just want me to cold call your principal, I will, or superintendent. Um, I've also had community members, and uh, here's a good shout out to Boone County City Bank, um, bought our journals, leather-bound journals for um, the Goodrich Elementary School staff and, and paid to have me come out there for a full day and come back for their student assemblies. And um, what a great gesture for a business to invest in their schools and say, we love our teachers and we want to help them. And we know uh, this Ignite hashtag love in schools might just be what they need. And um, Principal Jen Patrick there was, was thrilled. To, you know, I give her such credit for taking a leap of faith and said, okay, what is that? Let's do it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I could not have been more impressed with her and her staff. And they are totally living it this year. Um, so follow them on Twitter. Um, yeah, um, you can find me and I, and I'll, I'd be happy to talk about how I can help you. Awesome. Well, thank you again. You've been listening to Paradigm Insights into Relationships and in You. If you would like a therapy or relationship question answered on the show, you can email me at toby at paradigmradioshow.com. You can also follow weekly one-minute insight segments on Instagram at ParadigmRadioShow.com, and you can subscribe to archived messages on iTunes. Just plug in Paradigm Radio Show in the search bar. Thank you, and we will see you next week. You've got mail. You've got mail. You've got mail. Today's listener mail comes from Allegra. Allegra asks, how do I deal with the fear of death and losing a loved one? This is probably the kind of question you should go talk to a professional about um, in your area. But I will give you my perspective on it. Um, this is really the recipe for anxiety, which is, is worry about the future um, in simplified terms. I've seen this in previous clients, and a lot of these clients have experienced some type of abandonment as a child or experienced loss of a parent or loved one uh, at some point in their lives, or maybe experienced multiple losses of people around them in close succession. So part of working through this is evaluating or helping the client see how much of their current joy they're giving up because of this fear of what could happen. And this is a very difficult thing to work through, but I prefer some experiential uh, work when it comes to this kind of uh, situation. And so I use a nudge perspective, meaning how can I help my client take a small step towards doing something to create int intimacy or joy that they would not have done the previous day? And I say nudge because sometimes we think about being all the way in and engaged, and that's too big of a step. But if we can get there in small steps, then we can start to rewrite the scripts we tell ourselves about what could happen. And so small steps are very important. And ultimately, these clients, all they really want is to be able to get the joy out of their current situation that they've been held back from experiencing in the past. We're also wired in that one negative situation often equates to anywhere from four to seven positive uh, situations. So it's very important to build up some momentum to uh, undo this kind of a thing because one negative uh, experience can set you, set you back quite a way. Thank you for tuning into Paradigm, insights into relationships and in you with Toby Jenkins. Join us again.